Here we go. It's official. Again. All right, Dan. All right, Mitty. I'm going to turn you up a bit more. There we go. Turn me up, man. There we go. I've got the guests louder now. There we go. It's all professional these days, isn't it? It's just trying. We're trying to. Look at this. It's the second week and we are technologically advanced now. Right, We're getting on. better at it. We're getting better at it. And this week, then, we've got the world famous. <laughs> the world, well, you know what? You are famous in these parts. You are. We've got the guy. Bless you. Who, who really introduced and brought music back to Hull. The godfather of the whole music scene, at least. At the very at, least. At the yeah. very least, he's the godfather. So for people that are just listening, this is Mark Page, founder of the Sesh, founder of Humber Street, Sesh, founder of the uh, Beard founder of the bald head and beard anyway, which uh, me and G are both sporting these days, actually. Yeah, let's do that. Hey, we're all there, aren't we? The bald head. And then later on, in about 10, 15 minutes, we've got young Thomas Atkin, lead singer of the Paddington's, coming on. And he's going to do a little chat. Oh, good Top man. man. I haven't seen him for ages. Yeah, I mean, the reason we do these, Gs, is... Um, what I said to you before, it's a little bit of therapy for everybody. It's a bit of a chat, getting people together, local legends. We've had people like um, Lloyd Dobbs, Alfie. We had, do you know, Leroy Savage Shades? Yeah, 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 yeah. Really good uh, interview with him. We've got a few people lined up. Darren Glover, well. Fegs. Yeah, Darren yeah. Glover, <laughs> Even them two have got on. And it's really just a bit of a get-together, a bit of a chat about music, yeah. life, and what we've all been up to. And right now, I'm not doing anything. It's good, you know, to get going in it, really, and do some of it. Yeah, tell me about it. I'm oh. struggling. I'm hey, struggling hey, to get going. As in boredom or just restricted, can't get out? I've just had, you know, obviously since the lockdown, I've just, like, switched off, put the brakes on, sort of reflected on what's gone on before and just taking some time out and sort of planning a comeback. But I'm seeing everyone, like, do these live streams and everything and thinking, well, we've got to do something like this soon, like with Sesh, but... Right now, I'm just leaving it to you guys. I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying the chill out. Yeah, you definitely have. I mean, did you, you, let's just talk about first. Did you see Alan McGee's Chasing Rainbows cover that he did with the rest of the band? Hold on, one sec. Sorry, that's... All right, it's getting another call. Story of my life. <laughs> Super busy man, Mark Page, everybody. Absolutely. What's issues on about with the Alan McGee thing? Yeah, so Alan McGee's done a... Um, he got loads of local, well, not local, he got loads of indie heroes to do a song like Chasing Rainbows and got everybody to perform it together. Did you hear that, Mac? Have you seen yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. You could, do right. a bit of a, you could do a better version than that. Do you know what? That's, that's not a bad idea, right? Because I was thinking this on the way in this morning. Do you know, I, I saw this thing last night and it said that um, apparently the, I don't know if it's global, yeah, 27 billion or something like that is what the global live music event, you know, yearly brings in so now if you can't do live gigs for a while you got to think you're responsible for half of that exactly so, <laughs> so you think is though you're gonna have to like i mean there's a, now there's time to like use technology and you know do some because it's free really to, to do like live streams and like live streaming gigs it's a bit boring but it it might be like you know the way forward for a while to, you know to bring some Hello. cash in so what, what was your thoughts then, Mac? I mean, you've got the big question on everybody's lips. She's going to be Humber Street Sesh this year. What, what's the crack? What, how are you feeling? Yeah, what's going on? It's still very much uh, up in the air at the moment. Until we get, like, confirmed government advice about large-scale events, 
we're sort of like holding back and just, you know, praying that we can do something in August. But, I mean, I'm not naive. I, I honestly think, listening to what the government have been saying over the last few weeks, it doesn't look as if large-scale events are going to happen in 2020. Jeez. But until they actually confirm that, we, you know, we can't confirm that Umber Street Sesh will not happen in 2020. We're still hoping we can pull something off later this year. If it can't happen in August, can we act? Can we do something near Christmas or can we do something early next year? But until we get confirmed government advice, we've just got to hang tight a little bit longer. That's all you can do. Do you know what, George, really refreshing? What's refreshing for, I think, people, anybody to hear is the fact that you've not just come out and said no, because a lot of people are. A lot of people are just writing this year off. And and it's nice to know that some people are saying, no, well, come on, let's just keep our fingers crossed and let's maybe go. I I think we're, I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty positive person, but like, I think, I think it's we're in a very fortunate position with Umber Street Sesh because it's like, you know, it's a great <coughs> festival, but it's a community festival and it involves everyone, you know, creatively within the city. It's not that it's not that we have to bring in a lot of talent from outside the city. We do. We engage outside and we bring some great bands and great acts through to Hull. But with Umber Street Sesh, predominantly, it is a local music festival, so. Even if we only get like you know two or three weeks' notice, I'm sure we can still pull something together between the community and put something on down on the marina. And if we can't do it down on the marina because of all the work that's happening down there, I don't know if you're aware of this, but there's a lot of a lot of building work happening down on the marina uh, in 2020. Yeah. There's the flood defence work happening. There's the uh, development around C4DI, and of course there's the A64 uh, A63 bridge oh, yeah, uh, the and the road yeah, roadworks and everything. So. If we were going to take a year off, this is the best year to take the year off because of all that work that's happening. Yeah. So, you know, we're we're in that position at the moment. If it doesn't happen, okay, so be it. We'll we'll come back stronger in 2021. But if we can pull something together this year, I'm pretty certain with the creative community that we possess in Hull, we can pull something together quite quickly. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, you're the man to do it if anybody's going to do it, Mac. You are the man to do it. So, what I find interesting in is, Mac, I mean, we all have our first-time experiences of, of being at the sesh and maybe even of, of being, you know, of meeting you <laughs> and, and, you know, and having all that. And I think looking back, when I first started coming to the sesh, it was maybe 2004 for me when I first started coming, 2005. I remember thinking of that time, you must be the only person who was, who was able to go out every Tuesday night, do what everybody was doing and still keep the job. Yeah. <laughs> There was, was not it? many. There was not many people that could go out and, and flourish and be successful during that time. But at that time, you was in, you was in your element. You was getting out. Everybody was coming out. I mean, one of my questions later on in this podcast was going to be: How many people do you think have lost the job due to the homeless, due, <laughs> due to Cess being on a Tuesday night? Yeah, I, I lost. I, I remember losing one job over it. And that, when I thought about it, I was delivering sandwiches for somebody, and I knew them quite well. Is this not but the Ringtons? No, it wasn't Ringtons. It was somebody else. And I come to a gig on it, and it was it was I think it was GST Cardinals was playing, and it was absolutely mental. It was crazy. It was absolutely brilliant. Dave was up to his old tricks, running across the bar, and I fell down, and I got some glass stuck in my hand, and I remember just I've still got the scar now, and I remember pulling the glass out of my hand, just like throwing it somewhere, and just carrying on dancing and doing whatever. And then I couldn't go to work the next day, but I didn't ring him and tell him. So I lost that. I looked, they just said, "Oh damn, it's not going to work out from now." On. <laughs> Probably want the first Wednesday morning that I'd given up, but it's interesting, isn't it? Because there must be quite a few people with stories out there that have been to a session on Tuesday and not being able to function on a Wednesday. There's no doubt about it. Like those early years, 
years for me because I, I felt more akin with like yeah. the likes of yourself and you know the guys all around like Paddington's Turismo, Dirty Dreamers and things. I felt more akin with you guys because you sort of represented sort of my mates down south really. I sort of related to you lot. We're all the same age as well. Yeah. You're all cut from the same cloth, really. Like, without going into it too much, like, <laughs> you're just a representation of all my mates that I grew up with down in Torquay. Mm. And that period was a really like special time. It's when it felt like a community then. Now it feels it feels that we're quite powerful now with regard to like you know music in the city. There's some amazing mm. bands and there's some good you know sort of scenes and good venues and everything. But it's not as connected as it used to be. It used to be really connected in those early those early years of the sesh. Well, I remember, I've seen some pictures of back then, and I, and I look at it, and I, I just see like the, the amount of people that was there, and the amount of like you say that community. Everybody knew everybody. You could walk down, and it's probably not a good thing. You could walk down Newland Avenue, Princess Avenue, about five six o'clock on a Wednesday morning, and just bump <laughs> into people because they were still out. And you just wave and you go, "Oh, what are you like doing in the corner there?" And they'd be like, "Hiya!" And it was people that were still out after being at the sesh. Which is brilliant, and that it, it, I mean, the SES, that was the hub, wasn't it? That was the home for everybody. It was good times when we used to uh, the grapevine night afterwards. We used to take uh, buses down from London. That's right, yeah. On a Tuesday, we used to take them down to the first Rhythm Room. Yeah, and yeah. Then Rhythm Room went to Attic, and then from Attic went to, I think it was Chi Chi's, and then Silhouette, then Piper. Silhouette, yeah. But yeah. I think the glory years are when we were at Rhythm Room and Attic. Those early years, really? like when the Paddingtons were sort of breaking through. Uh, do you know what you've only just reminded me that there were used to be buses outside and people and you just make yeah. your way out or you just yeah. yeah that was incredible and I think that's what makes us so because I thought to myself with, with the avenue on I thought well, why is Humber Street Sesh then so successful and I remember we did you asked me to come and play one and it wasn't the Humber Street Sesh it was something else what was the one before the Humber Street Sesh I think what you're alluring to Dan was uh was it I think it was the year before on the street sesh and it was uh i think we called it the sesh freedom warehouses yeah something like that it was brilliant yeah, it was, uh, what it came about is that Umbush, oh, sesh was invited by freedom i think in 2010 to uh, to put a stage on and we put a stage on and uh, the following year they didn't ask us back and we were like my nose was put out a little bit i thought well freedom festival is such a great festival it, local bands there's so many great bands in the city it deserves a platform at freedom and I was disappointed that Freedom didn't offer us another, you know, platform in the second year. So uh, I approached Lee Kerman and Guy Falkenham that had the the brewery uh, down on Pier Street off Umber Street. And I just said to them, is there any chance we can use this building and put some bands on over the weekend? And we put 60 bands on. And uh, that was like the precursor to Umber Street Sesh because it, it was a great weekend. I remember you playing. And we had all the bands like Turismo and Landau's That's and right, yeah. Dreamers and Favours and everyone all playing it. And it was just a, it was a special weekend. It sort of gave me the confidence then to come back the, sec- the next year and do Umber Street Sesh as it was. And I think what makes it so interesting because everybody in Hull seems to know everybody, don't they? And you yeah. know somebody, you know somebody in a band, whether it's in you know from ten years ago, twenty years ago, or an up and coming band. And I think that's what makes it because, you know, just just like that that, that you know that word of mouth, that word of mouth. Look, what this is what's going to happen. And I remember that those first few just being like blood. I mean, now you go to it and you're like, yeah, this is on the street sesh. But those first few just walking around and seeing the the, the mounds and mounds of people just walking through thinking jesus and all them I, I think in those early years especially everybody was from hull it was literally everybody was at humber street 
in those early years. And then obviously later years, you've got people coming in from out of town, but yes. definitely it was just everybody coming. And I think that's the session. <clears throat> that's the session in itself, isn't it? Because although there was, you always had that fundamental 50, 60, 70 people in, you had new people come in every single week to the session and experiencing it. I mean, I, I see that now, like with the weekly session, I mean, it's still going, well, you know, before lockdown, it was still going strong. It was into its 18th year. Wow, it was wow. doing like a polar bear. Polar bears, you know, a nice little venue now. They've done some good work in there and it, it, it felt right, the sesh being there. And, you know, it's still going strong. But when I look out of the audience now, it's not like the old days where I used, where I used to know like 90% of the audience. Now I know probably 10% of the audience. Really? But end of the day... <clears throat> what we've always tried to do is try and bring people together. And, and that's the case with the festival about bringing people together. And that sense of community with that many people involved behind the scenes, especially off the back of the sesh over the years, you know, the proudest, my proudest moment of Umber Street sesh over the years is just walking around and going from stage to stage and going, there's Grant Dobbs stage managing BBC mm -hmm. stage. There's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's Ali Hubbard looking after all the artists. There's Hannah Lockkid looking after all the contractors. There's James Simmons from Turismo sorting out all the stages. And all the all these people, Dan Moa from Labette Blooms. That's right, yeah. All these people that help us with Umber Street Sesh have all come through the sesh on the Tuesday night, going back to those early years. And the team that we have putting on the festival, all my mates, and it's it's just a, it's a proud moment. That was one of my questions, actually. The production team just looks like your friendless, doesn't it? Yeah, it's just a beautiful thing, really. And although yeah. although it has become, like you say, a bit of a brand, you can still see that like that, that family sort of orientated feel that you've got to the festival as well now. Yeah, it's it's, it's important to keep you know keep that core of the team together. You know, we had an opportunity a couple of years ago where we could have uh, joined partners with someone else, and their idea was well we'd bring our own production team in and we'll run the festival because we've got that experience of putting on big events across the country and uh, we'd help you choose your bands and we'd bring some bigger bands in and and I, I came close to signing and so right, okay. give it, giving a third of the festival away basically and uh, I decided not to because I just didn't want to lose that sense of community and that lent, that sense of you know working alongside my mates it it's something that's been built up organically over the years and it involves my mates and it's not something I'm going to take away from them. And when they but were it's not, about, it's not broken either, is it? If, if, no, if it was exactly. broken and it, if it's not, if it was broken. And I didn't, I didn't feel that we needed that. to bring the big bands in either. You know, there was talk of bands like madness and that, like, you know, two, three years ago. And it was like, yeah, I know a lot of people would love to see madness, but they'd probably love to see madness at freedom festival or pride festival. Umber street sesh is about, what we create ourselves within the city and and inviting some of the really exciting emerging bands from across the country. It's not about big pop bands and big, you know, big name bands playing at Umber Street Sash. That's something I'm trying to steer away from. Yeah. And keep it true to what it is, the ethos of being a platform for local brilliance. It's like that the idea of people only liking a band's first album. Yeah. When the ten, when the when the ten, and then when the ten pop. So if Sesh ten pop, they'd be like, "Oh, I liked it back when Fire played the main stage." That's how it would be. You can't you can't really win with a festival like after after the first two or three years. You could see it was building and building, and all of a sudden it, it jumped from like crowdfunder in year one, where we raised eighteen thousand pounds on on Facebook. And then the second year, it jumped up to £60, and that was basically through crowdfunder as well. But by the time it came to the third year, and we started putting a, a ticket price on it, only three quid or five quid on the gate. As soon as that happened, security went right up. 
And before you know it, we're looking at £150,000 festival. Mm. And then mm. roll on like eight years. Last year, it came in just under 600000 Now, the problem with that type of money is that to finance it, you have to make it a little bit corporate. You have to bring sponsors in. Yeah, of course. And sponsors need branded. They need to be branded across the site. So within two or three years, I was, I was speaking to... You know, friends that drink at Queens and that, and they're like, yeah, it's not the same as it used to be. It's a bit corporate now. And it's the nature of the beast. As soon as the money goes up, you need that support from local businesses. And so as soon as you get that support, people go, ah, it's not the same as it used to be. It's all gone. Listen, if, if they change the wallpaper in Queens, they'd call that place corporate and walk out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if they put a new toilet seat on, they'd say, it's not the same in here. <laughs> well, that, and that's like the juxtaposition we're in. We want to... We want to keep growing this festival. We want to, we want to make our mark. You know, we want to put all on the map, not just on the weather map. We want to, you know, we want people around <coughs> us to know that all's got a really healthy music scene, and it is just like a city of music. And the only way we can do that is by putting on these massive events and sort of engaging with industry. And the bigger we get, the more money we need. And therefore, yeah, we, have go, we have to go down the corporate road because the festival's too cheap. You know, anywhere else in the country, that festival would be a £50 ticket. Right. But in Hull, you know, you put it up to 15 quid and it's like, oh, it's a bit much that for 200 bands. <laughs> you're, not, you're not getting your money's worth, are you? <laughs> no, you can't win. No, no. Do you think when um, you had people like, like bigger organisations getting interested, is that because you've done all the legwork and then they just see it as an opportunity in kind of that little bit of pie over there? You know, we can get a piece of that now, get them to sign on this and then just swallow everything up. I think there's been a massive uh, sway towards emerging music in the last 10 years. I think a lot of festivals are realising that you don't, you know, Humber Street Sesh is a prime example that we didn't bring any sort of named bands to the festival. Yeah. But we were still getting 30,000 people down there. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of large scale festivals are like, well, why are we paying £100,000 for an act to fly over from America for a half hour set? Yeah. When you could just get some really good buzz bands from the region, emerging bands that are getting played on BBC Introducing and the likes, and get them on the stage and pay them 100 quid, 150 yeah. quid, yeah. and still get 30,000 people. So I think there's been a big sway in the last sort of uh, sort of five years. A lot of there's a lot more festivals, definitely. I mean, last year I think it was you know just shy of 500 festivals in the country. Wow. Whereas, That's kind of how the music scene's gone. Yeah, the, mu- the music scene has gone that even record sales and we've spoke about gram artists and things like that on here before but we genuinely believe that you know that music's so accessible and it's there and it's you know it's on your phone only let's just be honest you can, yeah. you can do anything from your phone and I think people want to experience it but people don't want to pay the big ticket and people are in music's good it's not and when you've got the when you've got the sort of you know the, the production that you guys put on as well I don't know if you still use Mike Wilkinson and all them guys. You probably do a bit more in hand, but you still, you know, yeah, now and again. But that that sort of, that sort of equipment that these guys have is second, you know, the PA equipment, the audio equipment that you guys have is second to nobody else, is it? It's not like you say, oh, right, it's a local festival, so therefore, you know. Can we yeah, borrow a PA off someone, yeah. yeah? Yeah, we borrowed a PA off G. We're very lucky. We're very lucky as a city. We've got some amazing, like, you know, not just artists, but we've got some incredible, like, you know, engineers and sound companies there's hpss there's itsl there's africa studios you know there's some good companies out there they not only do their work in hall but they do it all across the country as well yeah. we've got to give them credit because they're professional at what they do and you know they've helped us get to the position where we are like they provided a, you know we provided the platform but they provided the tools to make it a professional experience for these emerging bands and 
And what I see with the industry, you made a valid, you know, really good point, Dan, is that people access music very differently to what they did 10, 15 years ago. You know, Spotify now, you don't really have to invest in an artist that much. And, and it's the same with industry. Industry don't invest with emerging artists as much as they used to. They don't really build careers now. They just go for that buzz. And they, they, they sort of rinse that buzz as much as they can for like a year or two and then drop them and move on to the next buzz. Absolutely. That's, well, that's, that's people's mentality as well now. Yeah. Even, even you look at kids these days as well when it comes – it's very difficult. I mean, we've, I've got young kids as is Gene. I know you've, you've got your plethora of children over the years. <laughs> but Three? Three, yeah, yeah. But when, but when they were children, they would have sat and watched a film. Yeah, but now they sit and watch clips and clips videos. Clips of YouTube, so everything is just you know dispensable. People, yeah. people, yeah, they just get it. And, and, and I mean, I released, I'm releasing this little Mexico track that I've done, and that was only just recorded in G's shop. But it was something to do over, um, over the lockdown. But that's cost me about twenty quid. Yeah, to get onto digital platforms and get some artwork done. So it, it is people can do it, and you can just. And, it, and that's a, a really good thing about the Humber Street. So I think that might be the next thing for you, doing like the record label and, and going down that sort of way and releasing some things. I think, you know, with this lockdown and everything, it's got us, you know, I, I said to Gary that for the last six weeks, I've pretty much switched off and put the brakes on. I was going I was going pretty much 100 mile an hour for eight to 10 years, to be fair, with Session, with Humber Street Session. This lockdown's come at a good time. It's enabled me to put the brakes on, reflect on the past and sort of take stock. But I know that we've got to, We've all got to work differently now, especially in the creative industries. We've got to think outside the box. And if, you know, if through adversity we have to, you know, think outside the box, things like what you're saying is, you know, sort of setting up a label, putting some records out, you know, couldn't be further, for, uh, couldn't be closer to the truth. It's something that we are thinking about. I mean, we've got to do some online streaming like you guys are doing with a session on a Tuesday night. Absolutely. And and if the festival doesn't happen in August, we're going to have to give it a like an online representation, most definitely. So you've got to keep things going. You're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. So we've got to keep in the public eye, definitely. But right now, I'm quite happy to sort of sit back and watch how the industry reacts. Absolutely. Right, we're going to get Thomas. That couldn't have, in a minute. I'm just going to message him, hey. tell him to be, uh, to be ready. Dressed. <laughs> dressed. It's, it's good because, what was that, sorry? You want him dressed. <laughs> no, I don't actually. No, 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 no. He'll be in. Uh, well, let's all have a guess at what he's wearing. I'm, I'm guess he'll be Tanked wearing off. some kind of vest. He'll be wearing a vest and a hat. I'm okay. There'll be some tattoos on show. Some tattoos on show. Vest, hat, and um, what else? Can you send him the invite, G? I've sent him it, so I'll want to send another one just in case. No, no, no. Yeah, well, it says sent. I'm looking at it now. There we go. Yeah, all good. While we're waiting for Thomas Atkin, then Mac, have you got a, a favourite Thomas Atkin story? I'm putting you on the spot. Oh, uh, got a Marv story. Go on, then give us a Marv one. No, nah, it's not. It's not. It's just. It's one everyone knows. When, when we were doing uh grapevine after the session he came down and uh, started battering the wall with his hands yeah. oh Jesus ripped, ripped his hand apart and ended up missing the tour and that's when they had to uh, bring in oh what's he called uh, Stewie yeah Stewie oh yeah. wow <laughs> crazy times mate crazy times I remember, I remember him smashing the wall next to the DJ booth and like splitting his hand in like three or four different places and like ripping some of his tendons oof Jesus we're going to get, I'd like to get Marv on at one point because he went on to do a different band as well. He, he went on to do, what band did he go on to do? The third, Petty, no, no. Not, no, I'm not the Petty Thieves. Was it Petty Thieves? I don't, yeah. 
I got I got a do you remember when you did the um B side with Tom for the uh claim idea? Yeah. I remember sorry, yeah. Yeah, I well I remember that, that session pretty well. I remember it being jinxed from the start though. I remember Josh's amp blowing up. Um but I remember I remember this is when they you were they all came back after being on a tour and it was like a professional outfit for the first time. They had flight cases, you had a you had this, that and the other and everything like that. And then the, the amp blew up from the get go, fixed the amp. Did Josh's bits. The band were real professional. You were there. You were all real excited. Um, a couple of people were turning up and going. And then Josh said, uh, I'm off to, do you want to go to Leeds tonight and watch Cribs? So I said, I can't, I've got to finish this session off. And he cleared off and he didn't come back till six o'clock the next day to finish <laughs> his parts off. And I thought, this is rock and roll, isn't it? You know what I mean? They just don't care. But that was a good, good weekend. And I also remember their manager ringing up to listen to it and he just held up the phone to the speaker and played it and then we went yeah that's all right i thought it's how you do business in that world i listened to that song i'll have to send you it mac i don't know if you ever heard the 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 b-side that i wrote with the pads no. um, and I, we wrote it and we did it it was on the um it was on one of the sorry singles. seven inch yeah, it was on sorry uh, on a seven, on seven inch but I got, I got it actually now somebody sent me that because i had not i think we recorded it that day and then i've never heard it again for about 12 years yeah, well, it's, it's just, crazy. I, I just, but is he accepted? You think he's done no, it? No, no, I've got no one here. Oh, he's useless. Yeah. I'll let you two talk while I sort him out. All right. Do you know what I wanted to ask? Because um, I was thinking this as well. What? What's not your best band, but what's your best performance you can remember, like seeing being floored by a band and thinking they've got their stuff together? At the, at oh. the, either at the session night or at the big gig? Gary, the, honestly, there's been so many, it's really hard to put my finger. There's different styles as well. Yeah. So you get some really sort of, you know, great post-punk bands, you know, bands like Plague Vendor from like California that came and just smashed that stage wow. up. It was incredible. It was something that, you know, we hadn't seen for many years. Uh, but then there's some really like sort of chilled out bands from yesteryear, bands like Mr. Beasley that used to just be so sublime and just melt me heart. Um, we had some incredible acoustic acts that can just, you know, silence a room just with one, you know, one vocal. Uh it's hard, it's hard to actually name any. I mean, there's been some recently. There's a band called The Howl on the Hum. The Howl on the Hum. Yeah, they just blow me away every time I've seen them. Uh, there's a band called Polo as well, just outside. Well, they're now based, I think, uh, based in Manchester, I think. But they were originally from York, and they used to come to all a lot. And they had a sort of like uh, Porter's Head Massive Attack sort of vibe okay. going on. They used to love that. And that's a band called Polo. But um, I, I think... I mean, Paddington's, when Paddington's ever played at Sesh, it was always an event. It was always quite special. Yeah. yeah. I think I think one of the best highlights was New Year's Eve one year and Paddington's played alongside Turismo and there was queues right up the end of going up to Pearson Park. Uh-huh. And people were climbing through the windows and landing on Rich Hobson while he was drumming mid-set. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I remember like those early days were really special. Do you have footage of any of these Tommy Oh, yeah, we have. Yeah, yeah. Oh, says Tom Pad on Tom, we can't see you, though. You need to turn your video on, son. He's naked, that's why. Probably. Come on, Tom. He's, he is an idiot. His name so comes up. Got, have you got Zoom sorted? He was like, I ain't got a Zoom account. I've <laughs> asked him to start video. There we go. Do you have any old footage, video footage of these gigs? What, for Sash? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot. Here we go. <laughs> Are you there, Thomas? Yes. Now turn, turn your audio on, mate. You're wrong, Dan. No vest. 
Yeah, yeah. Hand no, a hat. Vest. No vest. Thomas, we said that, didn't we? Oh, yeah, tattoos out, no vest. And you, I thought he'd be outside as well. Can you even hear us? Hang on, what's this? Oh, can it's you hear us? He just, it's just, a, I said he wasn't, there he is. Tom? <laughs> it's connection. There we go. There we go. Yay. Hey, Thomas How you doing, Tom? Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not a sound man, am I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had a little guess about what what we thought you might be wearing. And I wasn't expecting to be on video. For there money. you go. And you got it right though. Nothing. <laughs> nothing but a hat. Hey. Hey. I put I put my hat on before my pants in the morning. <laughs> so we're just talking. Tom, what's your first experience of Mac in the sesh? Uh, I, I can't even remember the sesh. I was not very with it, were we, back then? Hazy yeah, signs, yeah. weren't they? Yeah, uh, fucking hell. I think I first learned about the Paladins. I think it was through, I don't know whether it was Rockefeller or something like that. And there was talk about Peggy looking after you, like Raywell's looking after the Paladins. Yeah. Was... That, that was the first time I'd heard of the Paladins. Yeah, I remember. the Raywell's. Yeah, I remember Pedro used to drive around with me on the back of his scooter, and I used to. I, I don't, I don't know what happened actually, but uh, they, they were like the the band at the time, weren't they? Like yeah, the, the, the the older boys for us, if, uh, just as we were coming into like, it was like right at the beginning of us, like even just playing covers. Um, but um, were you in any other bands before Pads? Nah. I, I I used to pretend I was in a band with one of my mates from school, but nothing really ever happened. That was like that was like the only the only really thing that I've done up to that point. It was uh, Welcome to Joe Town. Who was that? That was Danny. That was Danny Tacanardi, wasn't it? Right, yeah. <laughs> Danny Danny Tacy. Yeah. Um, but my first memory of the of Mac at the session. I, well, to be honest, one of the only ones that I can remember is when we played, was it like a 52 pound single launch or something? And, it, and we, ra- we ran and it, it out. The Christmas one. Yeah, I can't remember what it was. I can't remember what the occasion was, but I remember we completely rammed it out and I think people were trying to like pull the uh, slot machines over and shit. And <laughs> we were going a bit mad and people were crowd surfing. That was a good one, that. That was one of the only ones that I, I, I really remember because, you know, we were all absolutely fucked anyway, weren't we? I, I don't really remember <laughs> a, a lot what was going on. It was a messy time, definitely. We were saying to yeah. him earlier that on, on, after uh, the amount of people that must have lost their jobs after a sesh, but we were saying that we used to walk, <laughs> you, you could literally walk down any street in Hull and you'd just find fallout from the sesh walking about. And yeah. the amount of times that I'd have just probably seen you at the other side of the road and gone, that's Tom Atkin over there and then it would just go to some party somewhere which is funny because we kind of took that experience onto festivals as well because I've seen you guys at festivals over the years and just like walk past and gone oh there's Mac oh there's Tom I remember famously seeing you Tom about six o'clock on a Monday morning at Glastonbury walking around you and Josh and it was me and Alfie we were just like oh what are you what are you guys up to we was like oh yeah let's, let's, it, it was let's literally like walking it was like I was walking around Hull, wasn't it? It was like, it was like oh, <laughs> how are you? Remember, remember I booted that kid's football? That's right, yeah. 
And it hit the fence and bounced back and he asked you to do it again. <laughs> just some kids really nicely playing football and uh, the ball was just in the middle of the field and I was like off my head, obviously. I just ran over and booted it over this fence. <laughs> and they were just like, oh, cheers to that. A little Funny cunt. That. Funny time. So Tom, we've got Tom on as well because he started his own podcast. He's got a podcast yeah. now, which is available out. on iTunes and all, all the runs. And, mind me saying this, Tom, you're thinking about releasing some music during lockdown, aren't you, kid? Yeah, well, I've been trying to plan it at the minute. So we've got a bit of, um, I've got a distribution company who's going to put it out. Uh, I'm doing some artwork with Dan Wilson from Blackwire at the minute. So see what happens I'm just I'm just trying to get them all mastered basically what happened was like a few years ago I'd recorded these songs there's like three there's, there's four all together and I'm just getting them uh, fully mixed and mastered at the minute and uh, yeah they've just been sat there for ages so I was like why why not just put them out for a bit now and see if anyone's see if anyone's interested do you know what I mean definitely going to have some interest yeah well I'd quite like to do some shows with, with the songs as well and like write some more, do some covers, see what happens. Humber Street says 2021. Shows at the moment. Hey? To be honest, I'd like to do some shows at the moment. Yeah, well, you know what I mean, when when we're allowed. When, when do you um, all think? When does everyone think we'll be well, back? I, I, think, I honestly think August. I honestly do think. I've got, obviously, I've got, I've got a few gigs cancelled myself. But I've got a few people that, I mean, nobody's more in the know than anybody else. But it was saying to me, Dan, we're going to start back up in August again. So, you know, you'll, you'll have some gigs coming in then. So I'm hoping August. Yeah, yeah I think I think smaller, obviously all these, um, the big tours and stuff, they're all postponed for like a year now, aren't they? But, um, you know, little little shows might be more durable, like maybe two, 200 capacity, whatever. I think there'd be uh, social distancing in place, like so. So, for instance, we're just about to op- we were just about to open social, which was fruit. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. So we were going to open that the first week of April. So we had quite a lot booked in for like April, May, and like we've rescheduled them for like later this year. So we're open at you know the likes of Huey Morgan, Smooth and Sorrell, um, and some you know some of the local bands like Counting Coins, Late Night Marauders can come and play sort of September, October. <laughs> so we're rescheduling yeah. them gigs, but. There's part of us that's sort of saying, is it worth rescheduling for that time or should we wait until 2021? You know, a venue like Social yeah. or Fruit, 300 capacity with social distancing, are they going to, what, allow us 100 people in? Yeah. And then is it sustainable? Yeah, yeah I suppose, yeah. Is it sustainable as a business? So these, you know, venues are going to be able to survive. You might just have to capacity. charge more. Yeah. Maybe maybe you just charge more for tickets yeah. or whatever. Can you do that? I mean, people will still want it because people are going to be gagging to go out and Cause, yeah. see a show or whatever. Did you see in Sweden how they did them gigs? Um, and they kept did they, people did keep distance. <coughs> it was a punk gig, but it looked weird. Do you know what I mean? It, it, it there was no nothing there, and the band looked yeah the atmosphere yeah the atmosphere <laughs> no it's it, like my gigs anyway. <laughs> 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 but you know, like did, I don't think that be one of mine. <laughs> is your mum back? You know what it is? That single was meant to be out on Monday, but then I think due to coronavirus and stuff, everything's just been delayed. So I've just get an email saying, oh, I don't know, it could be another week or two, but I don't think anyone's desperate to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 
Yeah, sorry. We recorded it. I was just off the cuff in G. In G- I'd even forgotten I'd written that song until G reminded me and recorded it on that tape to tape thing. And it sounds like it is all right, and it? it is what it is. Yeah, I've heard it. It sounds good. It's... I like it on the tape as well. I, I want to do some stuff at the shop when we get back. Um, I've got an analog tape machine, and I want to get people with acoustic stuff and just do, do you know, like a little recordings and on yeah, tape. So it. come down to the shop after hours, and we'll do some stuff. I mean, as soon as, oh, we, yeah. as, soon as that lockdown It does sound nice on the tape. It does sound decent. But people that don't know it's on tape will just be like, what the fuck's No, this? but I mean, we, we threw that together, but we'll get a couple of nice microphones, got some nice preamps down here, the tape machine, you know, after hours 10, the fridge is off, no buzzing, except for us, and we'll just record some stuff. That'd be nice. Yeah, we'll get we'll get Lloyd involved as yeah. well. He, he likes yeah. a bit of that. It's a nice little sounding room as well. We can spend a Do bit you know about G-Shop? He's got a shop in, uh, a coffee shop in Cottingham, Mark. That's yeah. what we keep talking. That's what called cool. Pears. Pearl's Place. Pearl's. Pearl's Place. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, well, come down. Thank you, Gary, when you're back and running. Yeah, well, do you know what? I, I, I was reading the news yesterday. It said uh, that on Monday they're going to look at lifting some restrictions. But I think we have to come yeah. into like a takeout thing for starters, you know, because yeah. it's a small shop. And if we have to have like distance between each table, I'll have like three or four people in. And it'll be just, then I've got to, you know, I want to get my staff back to work as well, really. But um, yeah, I want to get well, back can't to Can't you know, do like an outside? Stop we haven't really got an outside. outside. Could do, but it'd be in the middle of the road. Yeah, it's like that, really. <laughs> but I'm just bored. I mean, at first it was, it yeah, was that's, gimmicky. That's one way to get rid of your <laughs> <laughs> Hey, don't worry, we can get rid of them pretty easy around here. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, once we get back, I just want to get up and running again because they're on about dropping this furlough scheme soon, aren't they? It said yesterday as well uh, that the nation are addicted to it. It's like, that's a bit harsh because we had no choice, still some of us. And it's like, I'm, and now yeah. I feel bad for taking it. But there you Addicted go. Addicted exactly. I mean, it's been, I won't lie, <laughs> yeah. it has been fun. But um, now, now it's changed for me, to be fair. Why? Are you, you're quite busy, are you? Oh, no, nothing's uh, changed. But you are keeping yeah. quite busy with your music. I, I, yeah, I've probably been more busy now, now this happened. <laughs> oh, have you yeah. just realised how lazy you was and thought, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> you just call your new uh, album Fair Load for Life. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. I like that already. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm into it. That's the EP. So talk about your podcast, Tom. Tell us a little bit more about that. You didn't really so, yeah, the, the podcast, actually, it's going quite well. I'm enjoying it. We've got some good guests lined up, and we've done, like, we've done a few good ones. We've got one today, actually. Later on tonight, I'm going to do one with um, Kyle from The, from the View. Um, but, yeah, it's called 22 Grand Pod. Hey. Obviously, yeah, obviously, um, from, this, from the rake song. Me and... Me and Harry Hainstock are doing it. Everybody, everybody knows Harry, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. It's basically a bit of like it compares the music scene to back in the early two thousands to now a bit, and like talks about what, what all these artists are like influenced by and stuff like that. What made them get in a band and, and shit like that. Uh, it's pretty good though. We've got um, got some good good artists. Uh, lined up for it to be honest in the next okay, month how can you so. find it Tom is it on your Facebook or do you put it on Spotify it, it's it's on Spotify and iTunes and SoundCloud so you just search 22 Grand Pod pretty good I'll send you a link back I'll send you a link I've got a couple of links I yeah I, I did the first episode actually Harry Harry interviewed me for the first one and I just chat about like recording the album and stuff like that our first album and second album just and how different that was for us uh, you know, from being looked after and then 
getting dropped basically before the end of uh, recording the second one. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's quite funny. I'm enjoying it. You yeah, still it is in touch with all the boys, Tom? Hey, you still keep in touch with all the boys? Yeah, I've been. To- I talked to Marv a lot over Instagram because I'm always replying to his fucking mental stories that he puts up. <laughs> likes to be uh, likes to be funny, doesn't he? But uh, yeah, I've been chatting to been chatting to him a bit. We've got a WhatsApp group going on, so you know we always we always like play with the fact that we might record an album again soon or something. I'd I'd quite like to do it, you know. Me and me and Lloyd have been texting a lot and sending each other like um, just like me and Lloyd have a very similar like uh, taste in music, if you like, and like yeah, we've just been sending each other bands that we might not have heard before, and we just. Listening, like discovering new bands in this lockdown, it's just made me want to like, uh, fucking hell, you know, I just, I obviously miss writing with them a lot as well. But uh, yeah, it's just made me want to kind of do and think about doing an album again with the, with the boys. Who are you currently listening to at the moment? Um, oh, who is that? I can't remember the name of them. There's this band that Lloyd sent me the, 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 uh, a couple of days ago and the like Scottish Scottish like lo-fi band I can't remember the name I, I honestly can't yeah <laughs> I've completely just... lost that yeah but, uh, <laughs> what, what, what am I listening to do you know what I've been listening to a lot of Person Learn yeah yeah uh, yeah I quite like him and even though like it's not usually my bag uh, it's quite I'm, I'm quite influenced by that at the minute yeah, he's quite, he's quite clever. Some of his music. I've listened to loads yeah. of it this last year. Uh, Loyal Karna. Yeah. I'm loving Loyal Karna. I'm loving that. Where, where are they from? Loyal Karna. I don't know. I think he's from. Whether he's from London or Manchester. But he's been oh, around right. about he's, five he's years. Great. He's got two albums out. But he's, oh, nice. he's, he's like a poet. He's like Kate Tempest. He's a poet. He's just incredible. He's got a real nice. strong straight, uh, stage presence as well. He smashed it at Glastonbury last year and I've sort of stuck with him. But I listen to a lot of Tom Mish, you know, that sort of like, that sort of modern soul, sort of contemporary, contemporary soul production. Yeah. You know Tom Mish? Like, um, oh, what the yeah. I, I... Danny, you're supposed to say yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm always yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> on this podcast you can put on little links to these people we can put on little sound bites from them can't we yeah yeah so when we do it properly we'll, we'll, we'll put them on and we'll put some music well, on do you when you say modern soul re- production are you, are you um, is it like uh oh, what is it? duran jones and indications are you with them yeah, jones, yeah. absolutely jones beautiful sounding stuff that yeah that's good stuff yeah i like that yeah man. i like duran jones yeah, great. Fight. The drummer. Got on for the... A lot more solely in hip hop this last sort of twelve months. There's a lot of uh, sort of post punk bands coming through in the last like two three years. The Idols and Fontaine's DC and Shame and yeah, they're they're it, all brilliant, aren't they? I like that. And they're, and they're brilliant, but it's all got a bit samey. There's a lot out there at the moment. Yeah, all doing yeah. the same. I think you'd be. I, I mean, I've 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 listened to some of Tom's new music, and I was surprised. It's it's completely different to the pad. So it'd be interesting when. Everybody else gets to yeah. a little bit, listen to that and sees that. Yeah, it's different, isn't it? We got Absolutely. It's, yeah. it's still got like, it's still got the indie kind of, you know, like 
he's he's kind of still there, but I think I've, I think I sound different, obviously as well now, like uh, my vo- my vocal as well. Yeah, we... it's interesting because it doesn't have the, it. Um, I don't want to call it energy, but it's not as you know the, it, the tempo is not the same as like a Paladin's, is it? So I think people no would be surprised by that and a bit more laid back and a bit more I don't know. yeah yeah it's just a bit more it's laid back but it's still aggressive yeah one of them is yeah, it, yeah. It, it's, it's probably it's probably um, it's, it's a bit darker if you want it to, if you like you know what I mean people get more cynical more, as they get older what lyrically a bit more moody a bit more moody what lyrically all the production uh, probably yeah Good stuff. Well, I know, Tom, you've got to get off, haven't you, mate? What have you got happening today? Okay, sir. Where's that? Why Why? Why has everybody gone? I'm still, sorry, man. I'm impressed. Hang on. I think their Zoom's telling me about some about 40 minutes. Hang on one second. Let me get rid of it. Uh, on, let me stop this. There we go. Okay, so what we need to talk about is the rest of the plans for lockdown, what we're going to do, what's our, are we giving, setting some goals for ourselves? So I know me personally, I'm going to continue. I'm going to keep writing some music because I've not written it for years. I know G we're carrying on with the podcast, but it's interesting to know what what Mac and Tom are up to. Mac, do you want to go first and just tell us what you your you, you plans are for the rest? If there's ever been a time in my life when I've realised I've got no talent, it's now. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? over, the, over the last six weeks, I've just watched all these amazing creative like friends and that doing stuff online, and I keep looking at it and going, "Oh, do I do a DJ set? Do I do a podcast?" And I just watch Mate, everyone yeah. else, and I'm like. I can't do your it. Knowledge, your knowledge in music has got to be better than any anyone. Absolutely. Yeah, do, do a DJ set. Do a podcast what? as well. Do the lot. I th- I think stop being we... so harsh on yourself as well. I think what we're going to end up doing uh, is bring a sesh back on a Tuesday night at Polar Bear and do live streaming from Polar Bear in on a proper stage with proper production, but have no audience there and just online stream it. And it'd be the same with the festival. We're doing an online festival probably in August if we can't do the physical one. And it's a big if. Really? We're still, we're still open. We're still open until we pull off the festival in August. But I doubt very much it's going to happen this year. But we'll, you know, we've got to wait for government advice and then uh, we'll come back yeah. with something. Shit, yeah, I, did, I didn't think about that. So, is it August? Yeah. Not, yeah, it's that, coming around quick, uh, isn't it? Bit, bit, might be a bit soon, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, I think so, but until the government actually confirm that large-scale events aren't going to be happening until later, the, you know, next year, say, we've just got to hold on and just hope that we might be able to put something together. There you go. What about you, Thomas? Uh, just like you say, I've been, I've just been writing a lot. I've been writing more than um, I was as well before all this happened. I've been... I'm also make, planning on making a documentary soon, which I don't really want to talk about yet because uh, it's not really too far into uh, it. It's, be, huh? it's about Danny Shenton. <laughs> it is, yeah, 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 yeah. It's just following Danny Shenton around. <laughs> we, can't, we can't just follow him around his kitchen for two weeks. As long as the police uh, stop following me, you can start. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's going to be like a similar... Uh, that, the, the, Documentary is going to be like a similar, um, you know, to the podcast, I guess. But we're it, it's obviously, you know, I can't I can't do anything with it right now anyway because it's I've got you have to film it. But um, yeah, I've been writing a lot. I've been trying to keep fit until I've broken just about all parts of my body. 
I'm just I'm, I've injured myself now, so I can't even. I started off boxing and running, and and now I've done my shoulder, and my knee, and my back. So Yo, you need to do boxing. Joe Wicks PE in the morning. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'll, st- I'll still put my back out doing that. <laughs> it's brutal. <laughs> Showing our age now, aren't we? You're not getting. That's it. Hey. Are you keeping fit, Mac? Are you doing any training or anything? Mac. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, right. Okay, but that is good. Do you know what? It's good for you mentally, man. Just get out for a walk or a run or something. That is no, cool. I am. I'm, walk- I'm walking a dog every day, three or four miles down Beverly Beck. Yeah, down no, that's bigger good. than that. That's all right. Clears my head. Yeah, no, that is good for you. There's a lot more people on the streets now, though, walking about, I've noticed, in the last few weeks. People have, like, you know, groups of teenagers yesterday when I went round the block. Four of them, I thought, hey, they're they're not from the same household. So No, no, do you know what? I think people, everybody you speak to is pissing about with this lockdown. I think everybody's got a bit of a, oh, but I just went here and I just just did this. People are bored of it now. People would rather just get coronavirus and things. I know. can go outside. (laughs) I'm immune. Right. Worry. We're gonna we're gonna wrap it up anyway because it's been an hour. It's been brilliant to have you on. I think next it'd be good to get you both in the studio one day as well and do like a proper session with you both. Because yeah, we yeah been, I'm up for that. We've done some filming before and it, it does look good. You know, it, it, the aesthetics look good and the sound uh, sound will obviously better. And we'll have more to talk about uh, uh, after lockdown, I guess. Too. Uh, yes, because that's thing in it right now. Everyone's just sat at home doing nothing and just trying to do stuff. But, you know, well, well, this is it as well. And it'd be nice to see, you know, what actually happens with the sets. What happens with Tom Tom's music? You know, it, yeah, I'm coming to talk about that as well. Yeah, definitely. Oh, here we go. Hang on. I see that. You need to do a live set then. Yeah, but I can't. I can't share my music. I'm greedy. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to play my music. You still do a bit of DJing, though, don't you? Nah, not I really. You did that. I thought you did something like the gin place. Yeah, I did the gin bar for about six months last year, but. Nah, there was no, no one was coming down. No one's interested in what I've got to do. I know that feeling. <laughs> I know that feeling. So, okay, then that's been brilliant. Thanks for coming on, all YouTube. Right. Nice, to, nice to see you all. Anyway. Yeah, and you, man. Yeah, nice it's been a while. You, man. Thanks. Thanks. All right, buddy. Well, after this, I'll definitely be coming back to all, so I'll see you then. Yeah, all right, yeah, top, man. Look after yourselves, boys. See Thanks, you, guys. Uh, Thank you. Take care. See you, boys. Bye-bye. There we go. Well, that was Matt Page, the um, the man, and Tom Pantons, and Danny just clicked it. So we'll upload this, and we'll catch you next week. Bye bye. All right, Dan.